0: It won't always be like this, but you saw the worst of the Pelicans in their loss to the Raptors, and that means they need to make some immediate changes. So here's what they can do. It's the Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts, and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pel- Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week. Unfortunately, coming after the Pelicans lose to the Tor- Toronto Raptors, I cannot talk today. One 115- fifteen. 110. It was a rough loss. You saw some of the worst of the Pelicans. Shooting and scoring were a big problem. Rebounding, particularly in the fourth, was a huge issue as well. We're going to look at all of that and some adjustments the team can make because these are actually fixable things and there is a bright spot. I don't think it was as bad as you might have seen, but it certainly wasn't a good game. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you, sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for Locked On listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, No one else comes to you like this in podcast form, 30 minutes or less. It's like 25 minutes or less, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Talking about all the topics you want to hear the past couple of days, three big changes the Pelicans need to make, three positions they need to focus on this offseason, and some of the burning questions we have over the now final 22 games of the regular season. And those questions are probably amplified a little bit after this loss to the Toronto Raptors. So what went wrong in this one? We were hoping for some different things. And there was a change or two, and we'll look at those in the next segment because I don't know if they're really going to accomplish what Willie Green wants. But the offense, maybe it'll be different coming out of the All-Star break and then boom, 19 points in the first quarter and that's it. 45 points total in the first half. That's just not what you want to see. And there were extended periods where it was just a freaking slog. And they were tough to watch. Like, it's not fun basketball dribble 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 maybe a screen more dribbling 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 because nothing happened after the screen and then it's just kind of like a contested shot from Brandon Ingram it was exemplified in the I forget for the second or third quarter and I haven't been able to go back and look at the film from it yet they were in basically like a five out set Brandon Ingram was at the top of the three-point line you had two guys on the wings and then two guys in the corners no one inside of the three-point line and BI is just dribbling the heck out of the ball no one moves and there's three defenders basically on him Three defenders in a line that if he tried to go straight, couldn't do it. Left, right, there was a help defender on either side, and they were all sagging off of their people. And this is just emblematic of what is going on with the Pelicans right now. And that's why one of the changes that Willie Green made, I see what he's trying to do there, and we'll talk about it, but he started Josh Richardson over Trey Murphy. Is this the right move? When you look at the three-point shooting in this game, the numbers look not bad. And that is a deceiving number. The Pelicans shot 43.3% from deep. Good, right? 13 of 30. And I said they're never going to have a ton of attempts. They should have more now, but they just don't. But when you get a little bit deeper into it, the Pelicans were 5 of 18 from everyone not named Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum. What is that? I'm doing it on a calculator. 27.7%, 28% from three for everyone else. The Toronto Raptors, as many other teams do, just do not respect the Pelicans' other scores whatsoever. They respect the heck out of Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, but they don't respect anyone else. And you're essentially playing two on five on offense. That's not going to work. It's a credit to BI and how talented he is that he had 36 points in this game. But 12 of 27 shooting isn't great. And we'll talk about some of the good things in a moment here because there are some really good things you saw from Brandon Ingram and from CJ too. You know, this was just, it's exemplified of there's just no threats right now and they need to make threats. Herb Jones wasn't respected whatsoever. Josh Richardson, not respected whatsoever offensively when he's out there on the court. Same for Najee Marshall, same for Jose Alvarado, less so for Trey Murphy, but he didn't get a ton of run in this one. So you look at this, and the question becomes, and this is what we'll talk about in the next segment, you need to make those guys threats. You have to turn Herb Jones into some sort of credible offensive threat. Same for Najee Marshall. Same for Josh Richardson. And they tried something, but is that the way to go? And that's what led to it just being tough. Tough. Now, I don't think the offense in this game was truly as bad from a like working standpoint. Part of this one was, they just missed a bunch of bunnies at the rim. Brandon Ingram missed five shots in the restricted area. He didn't make one. Got one like right outside the restricted area. CJ McCollum in this one went two for five in the restricted area. That's not quite normal. If those guys hit their shots down low. They This is an entirely different game. The Pelicans were outscored in the paint, 42 to 62. They lost by 20 that battle, partially because they didn't go through Jonas Valciunas much, who was kind of ineffective in this game, defensively too. But they kind of needed him more, and that's going to be in the third segment. The they easily could have had 10 to 15 to 20 more points in the paint and the complexion of this one looks differently sometimes it is as simple as it's a make or miss league you're on the road you're a little bit maybe a little bit rusty coming out of the all-star break though I don't buy that a ton it's just one of those things they hit a couple of those shots they probably win this game right they hit three of those they went a combined two of five two of ten in the restricted area I think is what it was something like that if they do that it'll be okay they'll be okay and so you easily could have seen them hitting three more buckets there. That's actually encouraging and a good thing. It means that this stuff is fixable either with the play from your top two guys. And for a while in the first half, they were struggling and did not look good, got it going. The game got a little bit closer. Again, sometimes we don't need that deep of analysis on it. And that's why I look at this game and it's like, okay, glass half full. The loss sucks. Disappointing. These are tweaks that they should have made, that they could have used to win them the game too. But this was a winnable game. It was never like, oh no, they didn't belong here. Stretches, yeah. And then stretches, they you know took it to the Toronto Raptors, who are very good and now a new look team with Jakob Pertl. And we'll talk about him and Jonas Valanciunas in the third segment. But we did see Willie Green make an adjustment and it's at least on the right track. Let's talk about that adjustment, how they can do more adjustments. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. And working with a therapist can help you get you closer to the best version of yourself. Because when you feel empowered, you're prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've used therapy for years. Sometimes you just need someone to talk to, to listen. Sometimes you just need someone to tell you it's going to be okay, or sometimes you just need someone to help you kind of work through some things, to come up with solutions to make your life better or to live the life that you want. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The offense, the defense, the tweaks they need to make. We're going to talk rebounding in the third segment of today's show. And now for your second listen, Go check out Locked on Saints host Ross Jackson. Had fun with him during Mardi Gras. Um, Breaking down everything black and gold. Derek Carr still an option. Do we even want Derek Carr? Are there playing Bs, Playing Cs? He's going to look at everything with the black and gold, including restructuring their salary cap. Uh, not restructuring the salary cap, restructuring some contracts and things like that to create some more salary cap space. I cannot talk today. Let's just get into the next segment. Just go listen to Ross on Locked on Saints as your second listen. So, we are looking at the Pelicans losing to the Toronto Raptors, 115-110. Five-point loss. Again, I do think it was winnable. This team's still close. It's just, it's unfortunate that a lot of these losses come kind of in bunches, and that's now two in a row for the Pals, who did enter the All-Star break with a little bit of momentum, minus that loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, going in 4-2 uh, and two to the break. Now, they're 4-3 and three when you start to kind of look at it on a slightly longer timeline. Not great. So, Willie Green tried to make some changes, and I... I see what he's doing coming out of the all-star break where Trey Murphy looked awesome, right? Looked fantastic in the dunk contest, did well in the rising stars challenge, building some momentum going forward. And he goes right to the bench, right to the bench. It's a little questionable to play Josh Richardson, who is in his third game for the Pelicans. First game did well, five steals. Second game gets ejected. Third game starts. Oh, sure. Sure. Why not? It's a change. We at least got to do something, right? And what you saw was running C.J. McCollum and Josh Richardson there maybe give more of a ball handler to the Pelicans. This goes back to what I said in the first segment of make these other guys threats. Well, if Josh Richardson has the ball in his hands, he's a threat. It's the guy with the ball. You got to focus on him to a degree. Means Brady Ingram works off ball, C.J. works off ball, and maybe by putting the ball in someone else's hands, teams pay attention to them and it worked slightly but not really slightly he had three assists in this game and look this isn't a shot at Josh Richards he's not a true point guard or anything like that three steals he was good defensively but the shooting wasn't quite there 11 points on four of eight shootings fine but two of six from three needs to be better you know, he's got the mid-range, that's good. You need buckets, but you also need to space the court and make things easier for Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. I talked about how they shot 2 of 10 at the in the restricted area in this game. Part of that is because the teams aren't respecting the other players on the court, and so they throw an extra body down there. So yeah, it's more likely that Brandon Ingram's going to miss that shot than before. And while I love that he has the mid-range in his bag, that's still a sub 50% shot. He might be good at making them, but he's not Kevin Durant good, and so that can still hurt a team and make your offense inefficient or sometimes lead B.I. to being inefficient. If you want a silver lining from B.I. in this, it's that he was willing to rip more three-pointers. Seven, he's been averaging under four per game this season. He took seven in this one, made five of them. That's a really encouraging thing to see from him. So I get the idea of Josh Richardson handling the ball. But you saw team sagging off him, kind of like daring him to shoot, and he didn't burn them. The Pelicans have just been incapable of making teams pay when they their star players, Zion, B.I., lesser extent C.J. McCollum, required double teams. So what do you do? Like, what do you do? And that's where Jonas Valanciunas, you know, first thing is you got to look at Jonas Valanciunas. He's won the Pelicans a couple of games. I don't think he is truly elite or things like that or an answer, but he took eight shots. Richardson took as many shots as he did. Najee Marshall took six compared to Jonas's eight. Maybe he needs more shots like that than that. Part of it is, Jakob Pertle was giving him trouble, and we'll look at the rebounding in the next segment. As I said in the open here, you know, you saw the Pugs at their worst. I think they're actually an okay defensive rebounding team. This one really exposed a flaw that they have, though, with some of the lineups that they run. That's in the next segment. So go through Junis a little bit more. Just try it. The problem is, they don't have someone who can get him the ball. A couple of the entry passes they try to make resulted in turnovers, and it just wasn't going to work. Jonas did his work on the boards, 12 rebounds. That was good. Needed him for that, especially late, which made the game close. But they've got to find a way to get him a little bit more involved rather than just completely going away from him. That's on the coaching staff to need to figure out. If you can't make entry passes to him, can you use him in pick and roll opportunities more and kind of try and use him as a lob threat? I don't think so. That's not really him. The Pelicans sometimes down low, try and struggle to find him on pick and roll opportunities. It's just not a good situation for what they're trying to do. And at that part, I don't know if they have a ton of answers for it, unless it's just try and force-feed Valentunas the ball, knowing that there's going to be turnovers on those entry passes. But you can do more with guys like Herb Jones. You can do more with Najee Marshall, and you need that. You saw them go on a run in the second and third quarters with Najee out there because he was just being aggressive and trying to put some pressure on the rim. That's important. Again, I don't think Kyra Lewis Jr. is that good. But when everything is just so stagnant, put someone in who gives you a different look. Or start running more ball screens. Use Brandon Ingram as the screener and try and get him going in the pick and roll to create a little bit more room for him. Run him and CJ McCollum and pick and roll actions together. Now that's just going to result in wide open shots for other players. They're going to throw four guys at those too. And if the other Pelicans players aren't making those shots, I don't know if it's actually going to do much. But you've got to run more motion in your offense. It it just doesn't work like it's the play I described where you're playing five out and it's B.I. just dribbling the heck out of the ball. He goes into three guys and he just takes a tough mid-range shot, which clanks off the rim because there's six arms there getting in his way. You've got to make those tweaks. You know, if you need more offense and more spacing, are we really not going to have Trey Murphy out there on the court with the starters? Is Trey Murphy going to play 23 minutes and Josh Richardson play 29? Is that really, truly the plan? Najee played 19 minutes in this one, just four minutes less than Trey Murphy. He's your best shooter. And teams aren't respecting Herb Jones and Josh Richardson and Najee out there. Play him more. He was one of five. He didn't have a good shooting night. Keep letting him shoot. It's not like you were getting offense elsewhere. Sometimes it's just, yeah, the combinations. That's why when I said kind of three big burning questions going forward, will Willie Green get the rotations right? Look, I, credit to him for making a change. My change wouldn't have been take Trey Murphy out of the lineup, though. That's for sure. That was a little bit surprising for me to see. But they need to figure that out because they need to have shooters and players that, other teams' respect, and they just do not have that right now. Unless those guys start really going gangbusters from three. Trey's one of your main guys that can do it. Kyra will get downhill and attack. That's important. That's important. They need to make some tweaks like that. Again, if B.I. hits some shots, C.J. hits a few more shots, and they go a little bit over 50% each, they win this game. It's all winnable. All of the fixes are there to turn this around very quickly. And the Pelicans are still very much capable of doing that. One other area, though, that you saw in this game was rebounding late in the fourth quarter with Jakob Pertl, who absolutely torched New Orleans at times. That's got to change. 22 second-chance opportunities for the Toronto Raptors. This is on Willie Green, and this is something that he needs to look in a mirror and figure out. You want accountability, Willie Green. Here it is, coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, Today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans is brought to you by Nissan's most electric player of the week, brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. It's Brandon Ingram. It's Brandon Ingram, and it's probably going to be Brandon Ingram every week until Zion Williamson comes back. This is the guy that is carrying the team. There's not a ton of other offense out there with him, right? At times, you see him be brilliantly fierce, going and attacking the basket. He's electric like that. There's also an elegance to his game, the way he kind of pulls the strings and gets others involved as well. So he delivers on fierceness, elegance. He's got this kind of beauty to his game, but you can see him be strong and go to the basket too. And it's just like the 2023 Nissan Aria, the perfect SUV crossover here. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all looking at what you wanna look at with this team, talking about the changes that they can make, looking for the optimism and how they can turn things around. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, also available on YouTube as well. If you wanna support the channel, leave a five-star review with a comment, Or comment down below on YouTube. And now, for your second listen, games are back. We had 10 games in the NBA last night. For your second listen, go check out Game to Game NBA. Every moment, I do a minute video right after the game. All of our hosts do that. It gets compiled into a show. You get the home and away team with a local perspective. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're talking about the plugins lost to the to the toronto raptors final thing i'm going to look at because this was glaringly obvious in the fourth quarter an area that the pelicans struggled with often giving up offensive boards I, they're a good defensive rebounding team they are a good defensive rebounding team they have been all year long but this is one where willie green's choices make you scratch your head into his credit now that I want to give him a ton of credit out for this game, to be perfectly honest, he did something good here when it came to this. Just a little too late. It's one of those things you could have anticipated coming. You have two bigs with very different styles. In Valanciunas and Larry Nance Jr. The Pelicans don't like to play drop covers; They like to switch everything. So when a screen gets set, you just switch them. Big man on the small guy, small guy on the big guy. Now... Sometimes that works. Larry Nance Jr. can do that. He can play out on the perimeter and defend and keep up and not get blown by. And when Jonas Valanciunas does that, well, he's out on the perimeter and they're blowing by him and it's easy points at the paint because someone needs to rotate over. And Brandon Ingram did a good job at that in this game. And more often than not, it's just points for the opponent or it leads to an open three or just scramble defense that doesn't do anything good for the Pelicans. So in the fourth quarter... When you're switching everything, and you have a big, dominant, kind of traditional rebounding center like Jakob Pertl, and you've switched. So now Larry Nance Jr. is not guarding Pertl, and he's out there on the perimeter, and that shot misses Purtle has an easy offensive board because no one else really tries to box out. This is something that the Pelicans are going to need to look at doing when they're running Larry Nance Jr. at center, particularly to close games. Purtle had three offensive boards in the fourth quarter. The uh, the Raptors had five. They had 22 second chance points on the night, basically just converting every single thing they had. They had 11 offensive boards. They had 22 second chance points. Can't let that happen. getting 100% on scoring after those offensive boards, essentially. That doesn't work. You're going to lose games. And that's an area that New Orleans can be better in. Watch a couple of those plays in the fourth. No one boxes out. Pelicans aren't even getting into the paint. You have to gang rebound then. If you're going to put Larry Nates Jr. on the perimeter and the team realizes he's guarding someone out there, all four other guys need to go into the paint and try to move some bodies around and grab a board. And that is not something that the Pelicans do. That's on the coaching staff to get those guys ready to do it. Then it's on the players to actually go and do it. But you need them doing that sort of thing. Otherwise, it's going to lead to five offensive boards in the fourth quarter, which is 10 points right there for the Toronto Raptors. They lost by five. You limit that, you limit that, and you could have won this game. Now, it's also on Willie Green to realize, okay, I need to put Jonas Valanciunas back in the game. And to his credit, he did that. He did that. He put Valanciunas back in the game to help some of those rebounds. And Valanciunas did his best in the fourth quarter to try and limit the damage when he was out there. Five, Four defensive rebounds for him in the fourth led the team. Okay. Larry Nance Jr., by the way, didn't have one. Jonas played more. So he Switched what he normally does. He likes to close with Larry Nance Jr. Goes with Jonas. The second part of that is you've got to play drop coverage. You can't switch everything with Valanciunas out there. You've got to play drop coverage and have him sink back. On the pick and roll, just sink back, try and contain the drive. It's not what the Pelicans like to do, but that is the most effective way to use Jonas Valanciunas defensively. Make the most of the players that you have. Make the most of the players that you have and this game would have been winnable. Everything we've talked about here, your star players making their shots at the rim, adding a little bit more motion into the offense and trying to create some guys and make them credible threats, finding ways to do that. Good. Putting your best shooters on the court. Using your bigs the way they need to be used. All of those are things that can get fixed by their game Saturday against the New York Knicks, or at least start to be implemented and start to see that will we or not is the big question that's what i'm curious you know sometimes it's obvious what needs to happen and it's not easy for coaches to kind of come to grips with some of that but it is very clear what we need to see here and that's what i hope happens what are the tweaks you think the pelicans need to make let me know in the comments down below on youtube and that's going to do it for this episode of locked on pelicans this week of locked on pelicans if you missed a bunch of shows because of mardi gras stuff this week i don't, I don't blame you but go catch up. we got a bunch of really good things out here this week. Catch up on the past couple of days. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with y'all on Monday to recap the weekend.